Positive Global Impact, the podcast that encourages you to pursue your dreams and transform not only your life, but also the planet. Hello, it's a new week. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are having a great time. I'm sorry that in the past weeks, um, everything went a little bit different from what I expected it to be or what I would have wished it to be. But there is so much going on that I didn't really manage to upload every Monday an episode. Nevertheless, today is the last episode of our mini-series in July for the Plastic Free July Challenge. And the idea of this mini-series was to get you a little bit closer to the zero-waste mentality um, as of avoiding as much waste as possible, really. And I hope you've listened to the three episodes before. As I've said in every episode before, it's really important to apply those steps in the correct order because, well, let's maybe review a little bit the steps again. The first episode was about refuse. And the idea was that you refuse what you do not need. If you do this, there will be already so much waste um, saved, let's say, because you don't really consume so much in the beginning, so you don't need to see how to deal with your waste after it. So first one was refuse what you do not need. Second, reduce what you do need and cannot refuse. So here the thing is, of course, we need to buy things, uh, doesn't matter if it's food that maybe is also packaged or of course we need some clothes from time to time um, but really reduce and become conscious about what you do need and that you cannot refuse and the third step that we've talked about last week about reuse so that you have reuse is that you reduce what you cannot refuse or reduce um, yes, and today is the last episode about this mini or from this mini series, like I said before. And today we are going to talk about recycling. So the steps in the correct order would be refuse, reduce, reuse, and recycle. And of course, recycle first of all seems to be a great option. Um, but today we'll talk a little bit about why you should actually recycle less instead of more <laughs> um, for example here in Costa Rica the situation is completely different so I probably talk a lot about like how recycling is in Germany because really everything that I'm going to talk about Germany the situation in Costa Rica is um, way worse for example uh, here in Nosara we do have a recycling center um, here are people collecting trash every two weeks, I think. I, it's not even every week. But um, a lot, a lot, a lot of little towns, villages, for example, in the mountains, or, I mean, here are so many people living also not directly in the cities and like a little bit far away, and there is just no... Uh, waste collection it's hard to imagine because I guess <laughs> wherever you live in Germany or also other like industrial countries uh, the city will care for your 
waste. Actually, we are paying for it also that they are collecting it. But yeah, here in Costa Rica, the situation is different. And um, before the pandemic, I don't know the ones that remember, we also volunteered every week in the recycle center here. And actually, I have to get in touch with them um, to do that again because um, it was a great opportunity, not also helping like the community with something that really everyone needs because we need someone to collect our trash. We don't want to have it stay at our home. And there's just not enough space, of course. And also it was a great idea, a great um, opportunity to see how much, even in a small um, town, it's not even a city, a small town, the people really um, use. Like, for example, I remember we, first of all, like step number one was that all the recyclable products that they are trying to explain here to the population, what is recyclable um, and like the process of recycling. So the idea is that every household puts the normal trash because they don't... Um, Uh, they don't really differ between normal trash and like plastic trash that is not recyclable. So all of that is going in one bag except for um, compost. But the other things is like everything that is recyclable will go into one bag that is like visible from the outside. Um, and then those bags... They were put on like huge tables in the recycle center and our um, task was to uh, sort them into different categories, let's say, either out of their color or um, there were some cans, for example. Some are, I mean, there's just a difference. Not everything is the same way recyclable. And then we washed them. And so, you know, the time spent at the Recycle Center really made clear to me again, because that's something I never really thought about in Germany before, how complicated or complex this um, recycling process is and how much effort really has to be put in that. And... So today we talk about recycling and, for example, in Germany, the things are a little bit different and Germans often tell they're like the world champions of recycling. And yes, there is a lot of the materials being recycled in Germany, but in just a second, we'll talk about the problems that not everyone knows. And probably there will be some facts that surprise you today also. So what at the first sounds like amazing being a world champion of recycling and all of that is actually, unfortunately, deceptive. First, let's talk about what does recycling really mean. Recycling means adding the materials and objects and things that you use to the recyclable material collection and thus like regenerating a material cycle. So the idea is that out of the things that you once used that then become waste, they can be used to create something new and thus like keep on being in the cycle and not being trash that is just there and just, that was just thrown away and then is like 
the end of the life cycle of this short or of this cell phone or whatever. Um, the problem is that recycling is often used as an excuse. Um, let's talk about the problems of recycling. First of all, which is obvious when we look at it at numbers, there is just too much garbage produced. Actually, I found a number that says that per year, each person of us consumes and produces 450 kilograms of trash. And now that's a number, just imagine yourself being around 450 kilograms of trash and then imagine that everyone on this planet is producing as much trash as this. Of course, some people maybe a little bit less, some people more, but 450 kilograms is so much that we are in a real problem, as we can see, due to the situation of our planet. The problem around recycling is that the waste separation is like an alibi for the fact that we regenerate waste at all. Because this recycling <laughs> helps us to feel better because we think, well, it's garbage, but it's going to be recycled at the end. And so basically it's going to be reused and yeah, something new will arise from my garbage. But at the end, like I've already explained you also with the example just here in the little town of Nosara, this separation by type um, is very difficult and is very complex. For example, there are only a few materials that can really be reused without really lacking um, of quality because there are some materials that you can recycle yes and you can produce let's say something new from it but they lack quality and thus either they are not really used to create something new or yeah the quality is just not good enough and they don't really work for whatever is being created out of them one great example of a material that is really consistent and that does not have this problem is glass because, well, first of all, it has to be 100% glass, but glass, glass is a great example. It can be recycled as much times as you want and it will never lack um, quality. The other problem with the separation process and the re recycling process is that, of course, also all of those um, steps, there's a lot of energy and insane costs going into it. For example, picking up, so let's say transport, it needs water to clean, it needs energy to be produced. Um, it needs to be sorted and so on and so forth. So basically all of that costs are or have to be paid by the consumers, by us, um, because they are so high that no state will say or no country will say, no government will say, I'll deal with the costs, but no, at the end, those are costs that will be inside of the taxes and maybe 
not really clear, but there they are. Um, another thing in Germany, for example, we often speak of a recycling quote of supposedly 80%, but really realistically it's 40% or even less. So the half of what everyone tells us is being recycled. Why is that? The problem is that even when the people know how recycling works and so on, there are a lot of, um, you can call, call it missed throws, like people just sort things wrong and sort maybe something that is not recyclable into the recycling bag. And thus, it's not just that the whole bag as, a, as one gets into the factory, but there it has to be sorted. Like I told you before, that basically what we did by hand in the recycling center here in Nosara. Um, and that takes a lot of time. And yeah, it's just not as easy as it seems. <laughs> and then also what happens to all the trash? I don't know if you've asked yourself that before, because first of all, like the imagination would be probably that everything happens in Germany or wherever you live. Like that, of course, you consume your trash in the country, so you might imagine that the recycling process also happens in your country. But what actually very few people only know is that we, and if I say we, I mean like industrial countries, such as Germany, we are shipping millions of tons each year of garbage around the world on like huge container ships and basically getting rid of our garbage in distant countries. For example, um, one of the, let's call them garbage importer is or was China until like two years ago when China also, even though they are or were a garbage importer and they were making profit out of it, they noticed what they were doing to their environment and how damaging it really was. <clears throat> Because you have to imagine that even if you store the garbage somewhere, it will end up in the environment anyway. And this could be, for example, by winds that blow the trash into nearby rivers, or even like rain, which provokes that the toxics of, for example, plastic gets into the soil and therefore the groundwater and so on. And that means that whenever the garbage gets into the environment, there is a lot that will never be recycled. What we also have to be clear about and conscious about is that this will enter our food chain. For example, when we are thinking about the fish that we are consuming. We've talked about that in other episodes already, but it's something that you really have to know. The microplastics get into fish, and other animals that eat fish will have this microplastic inside and whenever you consume fish, even though you might not see it, there are those plastic particles that get into your body. Really, the image of the garbage that we consume and throw into the bin, that it's picked up afterwards and being nicely recycled, even though we imagined it, it's not really like this. 
And I mean, how crazy is the thought that we are using and producing so much garbage that we can't even deal ourselves as a society with it and that we need to export it to other countries um, where on the way it pollutes the water and also other environmental zones and yeah, damages other people instead of us just because we export it. Um, so now that we are aware of all of this, for me, well, I believe that there is no other way than to come to the conclusion that we should recycle less instead of more. Because what does it mean? Recycle less means in the, in the first run, already reduce the garbage and be conscious about what you use because then you don't need to recycle so much. And there's a story that I want to tell you, which is a story that I found on the internet and it's a, yeah, it makes that point really, really clear and I found it very nice. So here is the story that I want to share with you. <laughs> the story is called, We Didn't Have This Green Thing. Checking out at the store, a young cashier, cashier suggested to the much older lady that she should bring her own grocery bags because she saw that she had plastic bags and she told the lady that they are not good for the environment. The old lady apologized to the young girl and explained, well, we didn't have this green thing back in my earlier days. The young cashier felt like being personally attacked, so she responded, you know, That's exactly our problem today. Your generation did not care enough to save our environment for future generations. So the older lady said that she was right because their generation just didn't have this green thing back in the days. And also she went on to explain, back then we returned milk bottles, soda bottles and beer bottles to the store. The store sent them back to the plant to be washed and sterilized and refilled so it could use the same bottles over and over. So they really were recycled. But we didn't have the green thing back in our day. Grocery stores backed our grocery stores in brown paper bags that we reused for numerous things. Most memorable, besides household garbage bag, was that the use of brown paper bags as book covers for our school books. This was to ensure that the public property, because the books provided for us used were from the school, was not defaced by our scribblings. Then we were able to personalize our own books on the brown paper bags. But too bad we didn't do the green thing back then. We walked upstairs because we didn't have an escalator in every store and office building. We walked to the grocery store and didn't climb into a 300 horsepower machine every day. We had to go two blocks. But you're right, we didn't have the green thing in our day. Back then, we washed the baby's diapers because we didn't have to throw away kind. We dried clothes online, not in an energy gobbling machine burning up 220 volts. Wind and solar power really didn't dry our clothes back in our early days. Kids got hand-me-down clothes from their brothers or sisters, not always brand new clothing. But you're right, we didn't have the green thing back in our days. 
back then we had one TV or radio in the house, not a TV in every room. And the TV had a small screen the size of a handkerchief, not a screen the size of state of Montana. In the kitchen we blended and stirred by hand because we didn't have electric machines to do everything for us. When we packaged a fragile item to send to the mail, we used wet up old newspapers to cushion it, not styrofoam or plastic bubble wrap. But then we didn't fire up an engine and burn gasoline just to cut the lawn. We used a push mower to run on human power. We exercised by working, so we didn't need to go to a health club to run on treadmills that operate on electricity. But, you know, you're right. We didn't have the green thing back then. We drank from a fountain when we were thirsty instead of using a cup or plastic bottle every time we had a drink of water. We refilled writing pens with ink instead of buying a new pen and we replaced the razor blade and the razor instead of throwing away the whole razor just because the blade got dull. But we didn't have the green thing back then. Back then, people took the streetcar or a bus and kids rode their bikes to school or walked instead of turning their moms into a 24-hour taxi service in the family's 45,000 US dollars SUV or van, which cost what a whole house did before the green thing. We had one electrical outlet in a room, not an entire bank of sockets to power a dozen appliances. And we didn't need a computerized gadget to receive a signal beam from satellites 23,000 miles out in space in order to find the nearest burger joint. But isn't it sad the current generation laments how wasteful we old folks were just because we didn't have the green thing back then? Yep. This... I read this um, story before and I really thought it's nice to share it here and of course it's not about um, uh, generation conflict or anything but it shows how we could really use resources because back in the days let's say um, there were not all the possibilities that we have today and sometimes it really is as simple as drying your clothes in the sun as an example of course in summer, not an option for the winter, and so on. So what we need is just to be get conscious about what we have. Or, for example, wrap things instead of plastic wrap, wrap them in old newspaper. Um, also, actually, I like like wrapping gifts in newspapers or, like I told you before, banana leaves, but let's say... <laughs> Um, in Germany it would be newspaper. I think it looks pretty cool and also it's reusing the material and the resources that have already been used. So at the end of this episode, let's get clear about what is the solution. What exactly can you do now to produce less garbage? And also what can you do when you say, man, I don't want that my garbage is being shipped around the world. It just really doesn't make sense. As we've talked in the episodes before, there are a couple of steps. For example, buy unpack whenever you can. Whenever you go into a grocery store, look for the things that are not extra like packed. Not only do you save garbage, but also by buying these unpacked items, you send automatically 
a signal to the producer. The supermarket, for example, notices everything that the consumers buy, of course. So they, whenever they're doing inventory and they see, wow, there are a lot of people buying unpackaged things, this is a signal, and they will report it to, first of all, the one producing the unpackaged things and also to the producer, like to the industries that do not have this the same advantage in unpackaged things and thus their products will not be sold as good and thus they have to change something so yeah you're really making an impact <laughs> second would be buy second hand uh, whatever you can either electronical items or clothes it's much cheaper and also there you save the resources um, that have already used resources to be able to be produced and then um, if you have already gone through like all the previous steps that we were talking about like refusing reducing reusing and you still have to recycle something then know your options what do i mean with that make sure that you buy from materials that can be reused over and over again without losing a quality For example, like we said before, glass can be melted down as often as you like and it doesn't lose qualities such as metal also, cardboard um, also. So whenever you have to choose something that you cannot refuse or reduce, then choose the option that is um, the most ecologic still. Also question the life cycle of a thing. Do you actually have to throw it away or can you fix it? And for example, can you this way extend the life cycle by repurposing it? For example, being conscious of what we already talked, you know that everything that you are holding in your hands is being produced once and needed water, needed energy to be produced. So instead of just throwing something, something away, Think about if you can use it any other way. And yeah, therefore do good to the environment. So guys, in this episode, we've talked about recycling. And basically recycling, I hope it became clear that what's meant with the term is to put the substances you use back into the material cycle And we've talked about a handful of problems, one of the biggest one being that the, our garbage is shipped around the world, is therefore, yeah, intoxicating the environment and recycling is not the perfect way to deal with the garbage that we have. Also, like we've talked before, the recycling rate is much, much lower. So really the best thing that you can do and what I hope that you will keep this in mind is to try right in the beginning to prevent using so much that we have to throw away afterwards. This episode is not over, guys, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something from this one and from all of the mini-series Plastic Free July episodes. I hope it maybe made you think about a little bit more what you use, 
how you treat your items or materials and what you can do whenever you think the lifetime of the item has come to an end. <laughs> you know, I would really, really appreciate it whenever you leave us an honest review on iTunes, for example. Um, and also, I, I'm, I am grateful for every message that gets to us either via, via Instagram, Positive Global Impact, or also via email. That would be team.positiveglobalimpact at gmail.com. I'm really happy because actually more and more people are getting in touch with us and either asking us because they have um, plans to travel to Costa Rica or they are looking for an organization that they can support or they are looking for voluntary options and so on and so forth, whatever you have in your mind or whatever you think that we could help you message us and also whenever you have a new idea for a topic or something that you'd like me to talk about in the podcast you can message it to us and I will get back to you and then as this is our last episode from the mini series in July on Monday we'll be back with a new interview episode which I've recorded a couple of weeks ago already for you it's about a completely different topic but nevertheless has to do with this podcast and with yeah terms of conservation and you can be really curious so I hope we'll listen to each other again on Monday don't forget to share the episode and yes just enjoy the rest of the week and take good care of yourself so then see you next week Pura Vida Stay green. Ciao.